Late night anger management class. This is Sports Rage. I am Gabriel Morenzi. The pimps, the players, the hustlers, the people at Boston, and everybody else in between, we're breaking it down, we're throwing it down, and we're not done uh, yet. Tim May is going to step up and in. Uh, was at the Columbus Dispatch for 42 years, man. Now on Letterman uh, Row, covering Ohio State uh, football since 1984. We're going to talk Ohio State and Alabama. Of course, we've talked a lot about uh, the National Football League playoffs over the last couple of nights, but we're not forgetting about this title game. As frustrating and as annoying and as deceitful as college athletics can be from a pure football standpoint, this game really is as good as it gets. And from a pure NFL scouting standpoint, this game is about as good as it gets. All right? You can talk all you want about how, oh, you know what, good players come from all schools and stuff. Yeah, do they? (laughs) Do they? How's, how's that Carson Wentz, North Dakota State, first overall pick working out for for you, right? And listen, there are exceptions. Look at Josh Allen. Josh Allen received scholarship offers from, from two schools. Think about that. From two schools, out of all the schools out there, all right, out of all the college football programs in America, he sent a 1,000 emails and letters to people, to coaches and to programs. You know who who responded? Two schools. Eastern Michigan, (laughs) who are like literally like the worst school and one of the worst programs in America. They're a little better now, but like it's like it's like it's bad there. All right. Like I've been there. It's in the middle of nowhere. Michigan. It's bad. All right. And and Wyoming. All right. And yes, Josh Allen has developed into a, a great NFL quarterback right now. He still has work to do. But he's developed into a good NFL quarterback. But the fact of the matter is, pedigree does matter, right? Pedigree does matter. And it's not like, oh, you did you win a championship? Nobody cares. Let's just be honest. Nobody cares. I don't care. GMs don't care, right? You, 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 I, I guarantee you, all right, when Devontae Smith shows up to the NFL Combine, which he won't have to do very much when he gets there, but when he does... Nobody's going to ask him if he won the championship game or not. They're just going to say, holy crap, I want to give this kid $96 million right now. Late night anger management class. This is Sports Rage. I am Gabriel Morenci. Vent your rage. Bring it. Coming at you all day, every day, with more attitude than other lesser networks would deem appropriate. We are the Sports Grid Radio Network. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Our goal is subtle, but profound. We want you, Sporto, to hold court at the company water cooler every Friday and Monday. Get it? That's the winning edge. All you gotta do is listen. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. Oh yeah, it's all set. They got the bug boy out. The bug boy. The little fella's been riding his heart out. They're gonna break his maiden. Really? It's a little slow out there. It rained last night. Oh, this baby loves the slop. Loves it. Eats it up. Eats the slop. Born the slop. His father was a mutter. His father was a mutter. His mother was a mutter. His mother was a mutter. What did I just say? 
Fortress Late Night continues. I'm Renzi. There's a story over at uh, Larry Brown Sports right now. Eagle players had to be restrained from going after Doug Peterson. Uh, Eagle players were outraged. Outraged and coaches were outraged and shocked by Peterson's decisions. Two offensive starters reportedly approached Peterson to question him about his in-game decisions and taking Hurts out of the game. Um, there are reports, uh, Philadelphia Inquirer's Jeff McLean reports that two defensive players had to be restrained from going after uh, Peterson. I got to tell you guys something right now, man. Like, is there anyone in this division that's just not a little whiny, like, son of a, like, seriously? The, well, the Philadelphia Eagles are outraged. You, what, you guys are the players? You guys are outraged? You're a loser team, too. Like, like who hasn't complained? Like, the Giants have complained. The um, the Giants have complained. Jerry Jones has whined all year. Oh, we were put in a tough spot. You know, oh, everything's hard. No, Mike McCarthy's a great coach. Um, like, all these guys are delusional. Joe Judge is crying. Giant players are crying. Guys, you're a laughingstock. You're the worst division ever. All right, and the fact of the matter is, as as we stated, it's not it's not, guys, it's not crazy that the backup quarterbacks play the last game of the year, it, and it's not the Philadelphia Eagles' problem what the playoff situation is, and even though I don't believe, I think it's overrated when people oh we'll get a higher draft pick, whatever, dude. GM screw this stuff up all the time, right? I mean, the Eagles had a higher draft pick last year, and they decided to take uh, Rieger instead of Jefferson. Let's let's be real, right? You know what I'm saying? We can get into this stuff, but there is a difference between six and nine. And the thing is, the Philadelphia Eagles they need to clean house. All right, they need to clean house. They've been hanging on to the Super Bowl team. It's over. It's done. You got a bunch of old linemen. It's over. You got to move on. So, like honestly, I don't give a crap if your you Eagle players don't like it. And another thing is, too, another thing is, too, guys, Jalen Hurts was 7 of 20, just for the record. He was 7 of 20. It's not like the Eagles' offense was lighting it up. I never bet unders. Hell, I bet the under because I knew there would not be a lot of points in the game because the Eagles' offense won't light it up. Also, also, people in the DFS world were taking Nate Sudfeld. It's, you know, like we said, guys, like, you know, Joe Judge was crying about people putting sacrifice in. Yeah, like Nate Sudfeld put sacrifice in too, coach. Whether you like it or not, he did too. And so did other backups on the Philadelphia Eagles. And that happens all the time. It happens all the time. It's a reward. It's like, listen, you know what? We appreciate you being the practice guy all year and like, you know, you getting no attention and you showed up every day and, you know what? It's a reward. You know what? You get to play the fourth quarter of this. It's, it, dude, it's not rocket science, this stuff. So what? Are the Philadelphia Eagles supposed to bend over backwards and change their lives because the New York Giants, like, need to get in? When the New York Giants had a 21-10 lead against the Philadelphia Eagles with six minutes left in a football game three weeks ago, four weeks ago? And is that the same situation? Yeah. Like, the, like I said, like, who the hell isn't whining? And now that the Eagle players are complaining... Eagle players are complaining. You guys have sucked rocks all year. <laughs> like, you guys are, you guys are complaining. Like, what the hell are you complaining about? You know what I mean? Like, you guys have been stealing money all year yourselves. Like, come on, man. 
You know, it's like I said, who isn't complaining here? You know who isn't complaining? Ron Rivera, the guy that had cancer and went through cancer treatment this year. He didn't complain. And all these teams with excuses, right? The Giants are blaming the Eagles. Jerry Jones is blaming injuries and COVID. Um, you know, giant, giant players blame the Eagles. Joe Judge blames the Eagles. Eagle players are upset and blaming Doug Peterson. But you notice the one common theme here. The one team that hasn't bitched out, Washington. You know, dealing with head case quarterbacks, crazy owner. You don't even have a name for the team. Um, you got nothing, right? You got nothing going for you. Ron Rivera comes in here. You got a million different quarterbacks. Heineke, Alex Smith is on one leg. Guy's had 17 surgeries in the last 14 months um, or 12 months. You know what I mean? Like, really? And, and everyone else is bitch. That's why Washington won. Yeah, we should have known their mental toughness. You know, you got Chase Young. He might be young, but he seems like a pretty wise man already. I'll tell you that. I don't know if you guys heard. They compared him to Ray Lewis the other night. And they said, I know these are strong words, but and people said, you know, strong words, but they said from a leadership-like type perspective, like he's contagious, that basically that he's a great player, and when he talks, people listen, and he gets people fired up, very positive. Like we, I talked about it uh, before with, uh, with this dude on the sidelines. Very, very positive. So, man, like I said, you know, the Giants, Joe Judge, really, dude, you won six games. Eagle player, shut up, man. You're Philadelphia Eagle players. You guys sucked all year. Nate Sudfeld deserved a couple of snaps. It wasn't his fault. It was a low snap, and they fumbled the ball. You know, and, and, and like, whatever. You guys are acting like, oh, yeah. Like, everyone acts like, oh, yeah, the Philadelphia Eagles are going to win this game by 13 points, right? You realize they were six-and-a-half-point underdogs, everybody. Everybody knew. Like, does Joe Judge know this? No. No. All right. We're going to – we got Tim Make uh, stepping up and in in a couple of minutes. Did I just hear Matthias? Uh, do we have somebody uh, checking in right now, Matthias? We've got uh, – we've had great – got to tell you, we've had great audio. Uh, we've had great audio. And uh, even with George Kurtz, shout-out uh, to Kurtz. Uh, but right now, as we speak, sort of having a hard time uh, just hearing our production uh, crew. But uh, it's all right. We're going to a break anyways in a minute. we got Tim May coming up. Listen, I probably will take some phone calls tomorrow. We'll open up the phone lines uh, later in the week. Don't forget, we're actually launching on SiriusXM. And um, uh, we're going to be live on Sirius earlier in the evening and stuff. So uh, we're going to open up the phone lines. It's a little bit different uh, aspect uh, than the format that we have going on right now in which we're live on, uh, you know, a ton of networks. Uh, but we're on at different times and different time zones and the show replays. So when it's actually locked in live, we'll open up the phone lines, although serious phone lines could get serious. <laughs> the serious XM phone lines, things could actually get pretty serious. Yeah, like I said, I'm just tired of everyone complaining, all right? Yeah, everybody's got a beef, and I just can't believe Joe Judge of all people. It's like, really, you're a coach, bro. You should know better. You should know better, coach. You're a coach of a six-win team, and you're going to call out another six-win team? Like, what the hell are you doing? So, Super Bowl matchups, as we threw out there, Kansas City, Green Bay, plus 440. Kansas City versus New Orleans is plus 600. Kansas City versus Tampa Bay is plus 900. Kansas City versus Seattle. So as you can see, 
the books are pretty locked in here. FanDuel is locked in. The Kansas City are going to make it. Right? So you pick KC, and then you sort of pick their dance partner, and you get a decent price. KC and Green Bay makes sense. It almost makes too much sense, though, doesn't it? It almost makes too much sense. Buffalo Green Bay makes sense, but almost is too trendy now. It's like, yeah, is that really going to happen? It could happen. You know, is there something weird coming along the way here? Is it going to be like a, is, you know, the Bills really making it to the Super Bowl? I'm a Bills fan, but let's not get carried away. I mean, they haven't won a damn playoff game in 25 years, whatever it's been. So let's not talk about Super Bowls yet. They are a dangerous football team. I think Baltimore are the dark horse right now in the in the AFC. I think I, I do think Buffalo are the team to beat. I think Buffalo can beat Kansas City. But if we're talking dark horses here, I think Baltimore could get dangerous right now. They're getting hot at the right time. They've got a chip on their shoulder. Harbaugh's a good coach, Super Bowl caliber coach. Tim May steps up and in. We get into the national championship game. Bring it. Seriously. We do this 24 hours a day, every day. It's real. And it's here. We've got to come up with a better name for it than fantasy sports. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. There are 24 hours in every day. 1,440 minutes. 86,400 seconds. And we still have trouble squeezing all this glorious sports talk in. Have you thought about maybe sleeping less? This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. Sports Rage Late Night continues. I am Gabriel Morenci. Get on the grid. The countdown to kickoff is on. Of course, we've got a monster weekend of football coming up. Six wild card games and the national championship. Let's talk college football. Let's talk Ohio State football right now uh, with a man who's been at the Columbus uh, Dispatch for 42 years, now on Letterman Row, been covering Ohio State football since 1984. Tim May steps up in it and joins us. Tim, a happy new year, happy holidays. Thanks a lot for taking the time to be with us on Sports Rage Late Night. Same to you, Gabriel. By the way, your intro makes it sound like I'm an old man, which I am. I'm 66, but I'm looking very much forward to this game, that's for sure. Well, I tell you what, I'm not 22, Tim, all right? I'm not 22. Uh, there you go. Put it, yeah, yeah, to put it uh, in college football terms. Uh, and let me just get the elephant out of the room right now. I am a Michigan guy. I'm a Michigan fan, all right? <laughs> so, uh, Dude, well, let's put the elephant. Wait a minute. Let's get another <laughs> elephant in there. Speaking of being stupid, I grew up in Alabama, so uh, with the Alabama home games from 61 to 64 with my dad and my older brother. So uh, there's a lot of elephants walking around. <laughs> yeah, there are. <laughs> there are. So I've been, I've been a hardcore Michigan fan and college football fan. Uh, since the late 70s, you know, I got into it. I'm 50 right now. So, you know, when I was seven, eight years old type thing. So I've been watching college football uh, my whole life. And I am excited uh, for this matchup. So let me ask you before we get into the, 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 you know, the Buckeye situation. You've been covering college football a long time. So you've been, yep. you know, you've been in the system where, you know, the AP, the AP poll was the be-all, end-all. You saw the BCS. Now we've seen the college football playoff. Which one do you personally prefer? And which one do you think has gotten it um, right the most over the years? 
You know, I used to say I preferred the BCS only because I thought, you know, two teams, it was pretty obvious at the end of the year who the two teams were for the most part uh, that were the best teams in the country should play for the championship. This season is another example of why, and just like the first season of the college football playoff is an example why I think Ohio State was the last team to get in it, number four, and they won it all. And we also, you know, when number two played number three the other night, Clemson versus Ohio State, Ohio State was clearly the better team and uh, ran rough shot over them. And, you know, in the old BCS era, those those two games – those two games, Ohio State beating Alabama back in '14 for the uh, in the in the semis, and Ohio State beating Clemson, for example, in the semis. Those would have never happened. You would have had this year. You would have had Alabama versus uh, Clemson. So I'm a proponent of the four. I am not a proponent of the eight for a lot of reasons, and one of which is. You know, you saw the intensity of those two games over the weekend uh, uh, on Friday, especially Ohio State-Clemson, guys going out of the game, even Ohio State's starting quarterback going out of the game for a play when he got hit with that massive hit. I mean, three games of that intensity in a row would not be good for college football players, I don't believe, and, uh, and their rosters. So I like the way it is right now. And, you know, the other thing is, uh, like I said, I grew up going to Alabama home games back in the 60s. Bear Bryant, you know, walked on water, or at least he knew where the rocks were. And back then, you just got a – it was a popular vote. It was a poll vote, you know, who was the national champion. Uh, Nick Saban has, has had a much tougher uh, road to hoe uh, since he's been the Ohio State – the Alabama, excuse me, head coach. He's had to win these things on the field with his teams. And uh, I think this is – in, in that regard, this is truly the golden era of college football. When you get right down to it, uh, the way these games, some of these games we've seen over the last uh, these last many years of the BCS back to '98, and then the CFP since uh, 2014. I guess you can say, uh, Tim, as you mentioned, a golden era, and a lot of people get frustrated, and there sort of becomes fatigue. We see it in different sports. Oh, the Golden State Warriors and the Cavaliers again. Uh, you know, oh, it's the Dodgers again, uh, the Astros again. But the fact of the matter is, and you've been watching college football a long time, these teams have never been as good as this, right? And we can't blame yeah. Alabama. We can't blame Ohio State. We can't blame Clemson for just being better than everybody else uh, right now. But something that I found that, you, you know, was interesting, and oh, so Ohio State wins 2014-15, Yet, I really didn't realize off the top of my head, as you stated, they came in number four then. They come in number four. Yeah. So is there a common pattern of disrespect to the Big Ten? And, you know, for lack of a better term, but it is a late-night show here, Tim, who is the conference that got their ass handed to them this year? The ACC. The ACC got blown out in both the, the, the playoff games. They went 0-6 yep. in the bowl games, and everybody's yep. questioning Ohio State and the Big Ten's pedigree? Come on, Tim. Oh, yeah, well, they'll do that for a year. They'll do that for these next couple of months. Hey, Gabriel, there's no doubt that Clemson, Clemson is on another level when it comes to the ACC. I mean, they're on another level, but, but you know, Week in and week out, the competition you play in that league, you know, it's, it really is it, – it, it is truly bipolar almost uh, how good or bad a team you can be playing at, uh, from one week to the next, uh, roster depth-wise, et cetera. The Big Ten is much, is much closer in that regard. Now, you know, I say that even though Ohio State has held sway now four straight seasons in the Big Ten, four straight championships, but, uh, you know, it's – 
And then you've seen, uh, you know, in the, the the thing about the Big 12 is, you know, the worst-case scenario almost is seeing a Big 12 team in a bowl game because they're just going to come out and, and wear you out throwing the ball, et cetera, with a wide-open offense. But, yeah, I think the ACC has been found out. <clears throat> and it's really – you know, the Big Ten didn't get to play a full schedule, not even close. So I understand the skepticism to a certain extent about how much they should be rewarded, should have been rewarded in this postseason. But when you you see the ACC with its uh, one-year member Notre Dame and then Clemson and then North Carolina all get New Year's Six uh, bowl bursts or college football playoff bursts and the Big Ten got one, which is Ohio State, you know, that might have been a little overboard in rewarding what I think is a an average conference uh, from the standpoint of uh, member strength. But, you you know, you're right. You make judgments from one year to the next. And, you know, if Ohio State pulls off this game on Monday night, you're going to be saying, oh, hey, you know, boy, really, really, really miscalculated the Big Ten and how strong it was. And we all know that Ohio State, Alabama, Clemson uh, are on another level compared to almost any other uh program in the country right now just because of recruiting and that's not going to change next year either it doesn't look like you know i thought i thought it was interesting and not just interesting but stupid actually when people were holding against ohio state and you know including and i want to get your take on on dabo but many you know many in the national media and coaches oh they didn't play as many games as i stated guys i'm a michigan fan did we need to see ohio state win 56 to 12 to know that they were going to win that game? No. They were going to yeah. win that game. They were 28-and-a-half-point favorites. They would have won that game. Does Would have made it pe- people feel better about it? I guess. Uh, maybe. Uh, but uh, as, as you know, and listen, the Big Ten wasn't, a great, wasn't great this year. I get it. But, you know, it's this built-in perception. And as you stated, seems like the ACC has a big, uh, you know, has a seat at the big, the adult table right now. And look at Notre yeah. Dame. Notre Dame gets into the ACC and causes Clemson problems right away. Like, you know, let's there you Clemson, go. Yeah, right away causes Clemson problems. They play twice, they lose once. Yeah. I mean, I, I you know, here's the thing. The, the thing I give Dabo Sweeney credit for is he owned his vote, meaning he owned why he voted Ohio State number 11. There's no way that he thought Ohio State was the 11th, was only the 11th best team in the country. He just didn't think they'd had enough, played enough games to really, when a lot of other programs figured out ways to play 8, 9, 10, 11 games this year, he didn't think that Ohio State was deserving to be in that consideration and he explained it you know whether you agree with him you know that's that's for you know i did not agree with him because uh but i i agreed with his right to say what he did and vote the way he did but uh but i would throw back it at him is clemson got a chance to right a wrong by playing uh more games because they got another shot at notre dame you know, so was that fair, you know, for you to get a shot at a team that beats you before, you know, uh, in this season? So there are all kinds of ways you can look at it. But, yeah, I mean, uh, this, was always go- this was always going to be a screwed up year, screwed up season, and it was in all kinds of respects. I mean, you know, the, when you look at the ACC giving Clemson and Notre Dame the weekend off before the, their championship game, that's – well, was that fair? You know, I mean, who knows? But but it was always going to be a screwed-up year. I think the college football playoff committee 
got it right. I mean, I think Notre Dame, if you if you think Clemson's number one, or excuse me, number two, and you know Notre Dame beats your number two team, then probably Notre Dame deserves another shot in the college football playoff. But, you know, where's that leave Texas A&M, et cetera? Well, left them out in the cold. But they had a shot against Alabama and got beat, uh, you know, got beat pretty bad way back when. So there are all kinds of ways you can look at it. But I think they ended up with the top four teams, in my opinion. And I think we've ended up with the top two teams uh, and yeah. the, the two hungriest teams uh, as well. It's, it's amazing to me how Nick Saban keeps the, the desire alive. He you know yeah. never gets tired of winning. Um, the, the, the program never lets up. They never exhale. They haven't had that, well, yeah, they've been on a run, but they're kind of, they just keep dialing it up all the time. And I've heard coaches say this year in the SEC, they, they've said after, they're like, that's the best Alabama team we played. And people would say, oh, come on, you played a lot of great Bama teams. They're like, no, 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 that's, that's, that, this is the most dominant and difficult to stop Alabama team uh, that we've seen uh, over the years. So listen, Tim, time just flew by here. I thought we'd squeeze in a segment here, but if you can give us a couple of more minutes, we'll take a quick break uh, in a second. Sure. We'll get into this actual football game and some of the matchups. And I, I'm curious to your take, because everybody talks so much about about Dabo Sweeney. Obviously, Nick Saban deserves the hype. Um, you know, Matt Campbell. People, you know, talk about all these. You now, Steve Sarkeesian. People don't talk nationally a lot about Ryan Day. They just don't. Well, and it's almost like he doesn't block. get credit. Yeah. yeah, and he doesn't get credit yeah. because, oh, it's almost like he's inherited something from Urban. But I think the inheritance is gone. He started to, he's earning his own keep right now. But we're going to take a break here right now. And we'll continue to break it down. We have the national championship game. We're breaking it down. We're on Letterman Roll right now with Tim May. Sports Rage Late Night continues. Bring it. You can listen to Sports Grid on the radio, TV, or the internet. Eight technology grand. Keep it here on the Sports Grid Radio Network. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Don't think of us as just sports talk. Think of us as a full immersion crash course in sports news you can use. You listen, you learn. Get the winning edge. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. Sports Race Late Night continues. I am Gabriel Morency. We really appreciate uh, uh, Tim May's time right now as we're talking the national championship. We're talking Ohio State and Alabama football. And growing up in Alabama, he's got uh, ties to both uh, programs, uh, obviously. So talk to me about Coach Day a little bit. Urban Meyer, larger-than-life guy, national uh, national figure, multiple champion, and and then the sort of little-known Ryan Day uh, takes over. And, you know, you know, they put pressure on Harbaugh. Um, in Ann Arbor, and then it became, well, if you can't beat them now, man, you know, if you can't beat them now, when are you going to beat them? And I don't know if that's fair because I heard the same thing in Oklahoma when Stoop stepped down right before the season and everybody laughed. They said, who the hell is Lincoln Riley? And how the hell is this 32-year-old guy going to take over this program? Ooh, Oklahoma's going to be in trouble. He's kept it going. Everybody praises Lincoln Riley for it. Not a lot of national praise for what Coach Day has accomplished. Yeah, I mean, kind of reminds me of auto racing, you know. Cert- certain cars and teams just have better equipment and better cars, you know. And yeah, yeah. the difference the difference is the driver. 
And if you get an average driver and put him in a great race car, he's got to probably be more average than he is great. And uh, Ryan Day has shown when he took uh, took over for three games at the start of the 2018 season, when uh, Urban Meyer was on, in my in my opinion, unjustifiably uh, suspended for three games. I don't want to even get into that, but it was crazy. Um, Ryan Day took advice from everybody he could, including two former head coaches on the staff, and got the job done. They went three and zero. And uh, before he turned the, the game, the team back over to Urban Meyer. And uh, you know, this guy is a is, is a person who continues to learn. You know, he's from New Hampshire. Learned under Chip Kelly when he was a when Urban, when Ryan Day was a quarterback at uh, New Hampshire. Learned under Chip Kelly, who was the offensive coordinator there at the time. His uh, coached under Chip Kelly a couple of times, but also took two years in the NFL with Chip Kelly at the Philadelphia Eagles and in San Francisco 49ers. But he's he's just uh, like Urban Meyer. He is hungry to learn more each day. I mean, you know, he's like a sponge. It just keeps sopping up the stuff that he gets in contact with. Uh, the leadership he's shown, especially in the last, uh, what is it, feels like, a, it feels like 10 years, but the last uh, nine or 10 months of this COVID-19 challenge has been crazy. And uh, he and his staff have stepped up, rolled with every punch from not – from looking like they weren't even going to get to play in 2020 to fighting for the chance to play to then overcoming some COVID challenges within the ranks, you know, and, uh, and then just kept moving on. But, uh, it, you know, it's smart. You know, you know when you've got a smart guy on your hands is when he surrounds himself with people who will challenge him or have seen as much or a lot more football than he has. You know, one of his – first hires was getting Greg Madison to help uh, be a co-defensive coordinator uh, get going up to Michigan and getting him and Al Washington Jr. Imagine the audacity of hiring two people from Jim Harbaugh's staff in 2019 and, and then right on down the line, you know, he uh, changed at quarterback at the quarterback coaching spot now and now you got Corey Dennis who is uh, Urban Meyer's uh, son-in-law but uh, uh, he's been in the ranks for a while and got this great promotion but just right on down the line, he's got uh, fantastic staff around him uh, that I could go on and name, you know, uh, all of them, but I won't bore you with that. But the bottom line is it's that's the way he looked at it. But he also uh, enjoys the college game because there are a lot, there are a lot more things you can do in the college game as an offensive coach like he is than you can get away with in the NFL. And I think he really, really, truly enjoys that. 23 and one record guys. 23 and one record. I don't think people uh, realize that. We're in conversation with Tim May of uh, Letterman uh, Row. So let's talk about Ohio State's uh, quarterback. Big hit. What did you think? Uh, what did you think of the ejection, the targeting, and um, what what specifically was wrong uh, with Justin? Man, he got hit a bunch of times through the game. Kid obviously showed his toughness, and I love the uh, I love the video that you posted on your Twitter of Cam Newton. I'm um, saying this is the kid right here. Uh, this is the best yeah. high school quarterback in the country uh, right here. It's great to see Cap, you know, supporting the kid at the time. But what what was wrong? How, what's his health status coming into uh, coming into the week right now, Tim? Yeah, this isn't the NFL. This is more like covering the uh, Patriots in the NFL. They don't really <laughs> they don't give you any specific information. And of course, with COVID nineteen, you can't even snoop around. You know, right now, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. physically. You know, behind the scenes, you know, you get you get the impression this was a pretty good 
pretty good whack to his lower rib cage, uh, possibly even, you know, maybe his upper, you know, his upper pelvis or whatever. But uh, they determined pretty quickly he didn't have a life-threatening or or a health-threatening injury. It was more of a contusion. I mean, you can tell that by the way they handled it because they took him in the tent. And as he said, shot him up with a couple of things, and he went back out there. And that happens, you know, almost every every weekend uh, in any major college, uh, even high school, but uh, pro game out there, you know. Uh, uh, but there's, as Ryan Day said on a teleconference uh, today, you know, he expects him to play against Alabama. He didn't get into the specifics about the injury in any form or fashion. But, uh, you, you know, there is, this, there is the, the thought that he's going to be okay to play. I mean, it's funny because going into that game on Friday night, he had sprained his thumb uh, against uh, uh, in the in the win over Northwestern when they couldn't get the passing game going and turned to their overland or running game, which is a, another story I'm sure we're going to talk about. But uh, but uh, his thumb seemed to be a-okay <laughs> so, uh, against uh, Clemson. If it wasn't, man, imagine him beating Clemson with two good thumbs. That would be unbelievable. Yeah, I, I couldn't believe it. And you know this, man. How many, like, great quarterbacks, how many great Sugar Bowls have there been over the years? And he set all kinds of Sugar Bowl records. Like, what an accomplishment. Yeah. Like, how many great quarterbacks have played in that game? And, like, just thinking, like, come on, there must have been a couple yeah. of track meet high-scoring games over the years where somebody threw six, seven touchdowns. Nope, because of the, the elite competition. What, what, what an accomplishment. So, man, time is flying by here. So, one thing that I don't think – People give Ohio State credit enough for, or they should, they should realize, guys, like every second player in the NFL is from Ohio State right now, <laughs> all right? So as yeah. much as Alabama have NFL talent, so do Ohio State. And a player that also really made a name for himself um, was Trey Sermon. Uh, man, this yeah. kid had a great game. I love Olave as well. It was nice to see him healthy and uh, getting open. They do have skill position players. They do have talent. But, damn, so do Alabama, and Alabama are deep, aren't they? Talk to me about this football game and the matchup. Well, a while ago when you were talking about this Alabama team, those SEC coaches, they're primarily talking about Alabama's offense. Like I told you, I go back to the early 60s of watching Alabama, and this is by far the best total offense I've ever seen Alabama put on the field. That's what Ohio State – everybody, I really thought that was going to be the case with this Ohio State offense this year. You didn't really see it until the other night against Clemson and Brent Venable's uh, venerable defense, you know, and uh, they 639 yards pretty much tells the story, but the bottom line is they both have great offensive line, Ohio State and Alabama, and uh, and you know, Wyatt Davis is an All-American at right guard. His, his grandfather was Willie Davis, who died this past yeah. April, you know, great defensive end for the Green Bay Packers. But uh, they've got a great offensive line uh, and two tight ends who obviously got into the mix more more so than before catching the ball. Three, you know, two tight ends called three touchdown passes. Who saw that coming? Definitely not Clemson. <laughs> but uh, but the bottom line is that both of these teams are just stacked on offense. And Trey Sermon transferred from Oklahoma, originally from Georgia. Uh, had a knee injury last year in Oklahoma. Was pretty much into this season. Other people wondered how. You know how 100 percent he would when he would get back to 100 uh, percent, and he didn't get the spring ball. He didn't get uh, preseason camp with Ohio State because there weren't any because of the COVID situation. He and this offensive line have definitely matured and grown together, and there's a rhythm to them that's undeniable right now. Much like Alabama and Najee Harris. I mean, these are two uh, 
these are two ridiculous offenses they'll be scoring off against defenses on both sides that have some question marks. And uh, this is not the best Alabama defense you've ever seen, and this is not the best Ohio State defense you've ever seen, but they seem to make plays when they need to. And so that's why, that's what makes this – so interesting, Gabriel. When you could, you know, what what's the over under right now was in the seventies. That's crazy for a championship football game. Uh, you know, and as we speak right now, and who knows, it may go up. But uh, the way I, the way Ohio State played the other night, it was finally the fruition of what I thought this offense was going to be about all all the way around with the most talented overall quarterback they've ever had and a running game and then uh, wide receivers and Chris Olave and uh, Garrett Wilson, who uh, take a backseat to no one. So it's going to be interesting, especially when you saw today on the wire that uh, Waddle may be Waddle may be yeah. cleared for practice at Alabama. That's an interesting yeah. development. Yeah, that's all they need because uh, Devontae Smith's no yeah. good, right? They, they, they don't they yeah. need – I swear, man, we've seen a lot of great wide receivers at Alabama, uh, but yeah. there's something special about this kid. Like, there really is – like, yeah. and, and in the past – you know, Julio Jones, some guys, remember Leonard Fournette in college? He was great because he was bigger, stronger, faster than everybody at the time, right? And he yeah. ran people over, and he got to the NFL, and it wasn't the same dominance. Smith isn't, like, bigger, faster, stronger. He's just so smooth, man. He, yeah. You know, he just oh, yeah. has that it factor of smoothness on the football field and the footwork. Uh, beautiful, just, you know, beautiful offenses to watch, and as you stated, and I am a betting man, and thank God everything is, uh, of course, legal everywhere right now. It's no longer for recreational <laughs> purposes. And I'll tell you what, I'm not betting any under this game, Tim. <laughs> I'm not betting no, any under. I think it, it might be at 50. I think it'd be folly. Yeah, I think it could be folly because uh, this is a Alabama's got a better offense than Clemson had, <clears throat> in my honest opinion. Got you know, got to see them, got to see them live, you know, against each other. You know, uh, styles make fights, as uh, Buster Douglas, his uh, former manager J.D. McCauley, told me a long time ago. You know, I mean, I covered that fight, and uh, you're exactly right. But uh, both of these teams seem primed to just throw haymakers on uh, next Monday, and uh, may the best man win. That's amazing you bring up Buster Douglas. Yeah, Buster's an Ohio guy, right? Is that how you come? Yeah, I mean, I covered that fight. I got I got some aplomb because I, I, I predicted uh, in the column that morning that Buster would win the fight, and I got all kinds of crap for it, and then, of course, he did. But, uh, uh, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, Columbus is in a bad place to cover sports, that's for sure. <laughs> Tim May, kick it. that's unbelievable. You picked Buster Douglas, and so many people – at the time after, say, ah, oh, you know what? Uh, I would have bet that, and it was this and that. And as a betting man, yeah. I remember it was next to impossible to get a bet in because no one thought it was possible. It was almost like right. it was an exhibition. It was 42 to 1, guys. Uh, and to put it in yeah. context, the most, the biggest fight odds we ever see in recent memory are like, you know, 18 to 1, 16 to 1. Mike Tyson was 42 to 1. So it wasn't a case of like, and guys, it wasn't in the old days. There wasn't a million, you know, there wasn't FanDuel. There wasn't DraftKings. There wasn't like all these offshore online books. So not a lot of people actually bet on that. But um, I wish I did. And I wish I read your column uh, that morning. One yeah. of the greatest sporting moments of all time. Uh, Letterman wrote uh, with us. Uh, so, Tim, man, time just flew by here this evening, man. We really love to having you on the program. Love your passion uh, for the game. We really appreciate you taking the time to be with us on Sports Grid and uh, Sports Ridge Late Night. Oh, yeah. 
Hey, check uh, check out my podcast. Still got Orlando Pace on there uh, this week talking about Ohio State and the offensive line and just how good this team is. Man, it's pretty interesting. I mean, he's one of the he's the greatest offensive tackle I ever covered or I ever saw in college football, and he always has great insight. Listen, we got to get out of here. We got ten seconds. Who wins the game? Final score prediction, if you have one. I think Ohio State has the firepower to beat Alabama, uh, but you got to make plays. I think Ohio State does win the game because uh, I think they'll make uh, two or three more plays than Alabama does. Tim, thanks a lot for taking the time to be with us, my man. Happy New Year. Enjoy it, Gabriel. Remember, you can listen to Sports Grid on the radio, TV, satellite, or the Internet. To make it any easier, we'd have to move in with you. And nobody wants that. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. If sports talk stations were cars, we'd be the one that you drove the wheels off of in high school, cruising for chicks and going to the game on Friday nights, then forgetting where you parked until Saturday morning and you had to get your buddy to drive you around looking for it. I think I see it, man. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. All right, great stuff with Tim May. Tim May Sports, thanks for uh, kicking it with us. You know, Ryan Day is an interesting uh, name uh, right now this week, as is uh, Justin Fields. Yeah, there's the national championship at stake, but really, you know, do I care who wins the national championship? No. Do I want to win my bet? Yes. I like the over in the football game. But to me, what's interesting, I want to see these big-time players perform on this stage. You know, I want to see Justin Fields perform on this stage against Alabama. I want to see Mac Jones perform. I want to see Harris. I want to see Smith. I want to see Saban. I want to see Dan. I want to see all these guys. They're all elite. I like watching people that are damn good at what they do, and all these guys are damn good at what they do. Uh, and, you know, it's 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 interesting because Ryan Day's name is popping up most, you know, most notably with the Jacksonville Jaguars. All right? The Urban Meyer stuff, and I said this earlier, Urban Meyer throws this stuff out there himself. Like, Urban Meyer always puts his name out. Urban Meyer's a hustler. He's a great, he's a, he's a genius. He knows how to do this stuff. And like I said, Urban Meyer is going to walk into Fox and he's going to say, hey, you know what, I really enjoy doing this Saturday college football show with you guys. You know, you know oh, I got to go. Oh, sorry, my phone's ringing. That's just Notre Dame. Remember, like, he threw, you know what I mean? He's the king of this. He loves having his name out there. Urban Meyer's never spent one second in the NFL, right? The guy spent more time as a high school coach than he did as and he's never been an assistant in the NFL in one capacity even. Like, so, you know, Ryan Day, though, on the other hand, but it's interesting. So Adam Schefter is now reporting that um, that uh, Ryan Day is not interested and in not taking NFL interviews right now. Uh, but Fitzgerald is. Fitzgerald from Northwestern is. And Fitzgerald's another guy in NFL teams like, yeah, whatever. That that's that's you know, that goes nowhere. Listen, I'm I'm not saying I'm not saying that um I'm not saying that um Ryan Day Ryan Day is going to be the coach uh, of Jacksonville. But the what is Ryan Day gonna say right now? Hey coach, are you interested in an NFL gig? Yeah, I have the national title game in five days, but oh yeah, yeah, I'm in talks right now with various NFL teams and I'm thinking about it. Come on, man. What do you expect him to say? <laughs> Late night anger management class. Other than that, you're on your own. Later. 
Non-stop live odds, lines, matchups, injury reports, and news you can use. What, are you not going to listen? We are the Sports Grid Radio Network.